Welcome, folks, to uh, a Zoom edition of Pubcast, or online video recording audio. Uh, as always, I'm Wayne. As Darren. I'm Kim. Uh, we are still, obviously, socially distanced, like, like all of us are. Uh, Locked down! Praise the glory! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll, we'll, I, I, I reckon I reckon the first Pubcast back... Is, hang on a second, Kim, hang on, what... Can't, are you drinking wine out of a bottle with a straw? No, but I am drinking beer out of a bottle with a straw. You're going to get hammered. That's, that's what you did when we went drinking in the field. No. Some things. No, no, no. I, I put on lippy. I put on lippy for you fine, lovely people. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and keep it on instead of forming like just a just a like a Calvin Cola style stain on my face where my <laughs> lippy stayed and the one that was engaged. I'm going to try and preserve it for yeah. 10 minutes. Kim, Kim by the end of the podcast. Yeah. Kim by the I end of the podcast my, my is like, do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the aesthetic. Um, but that ends. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, fuck. Train of thought went out the fucking window. Was it hello? hello. Is, it, is it us you're looking for, people? Because no, we I are think recording you were talking about a regular what it's be like to get yeah. back into the so, pub. Like I think hopefully, fingers crossed, all all the appendages crossed by year end, we will be recording a podcast in the pub. And um, won't it be nice? I reckon I reckon it's gonna be fucking to it. it's gonna be like chaos, it's gonna be Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. Uh like it's People are just going to be fucking piling at the pubs, just licking each other, hugging each other. Just, you know, it's going to be horrible debauchery. It's like, we'll be, yeah, we'll be thinking out. of the days when we used to just walk in and find an empty table and talk shy for two hours. But um, yeah. yeah, I reckon I'm going to go back to being the red menace. As just I, for as a bit, I, like, I'm worried we'll yeah. forget what to do. No, it, I tell you now, Darren, it's going to be like post-lockdown is going to be written by the Marquis de Sade. People are going to be just fucking all over the place. It's, just, it's going to be horrible. It's, it's think, gonna... I'd like to order oh, a yeah. please. Uh, yeah. This is a butcher's. Oh, you don't do pints? Oh, no, no, I reckon even butchers will be doing pints by the end of all of this. I reckon um, butchers will be doing pints, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll get a special uh, pint license for, for three months just to let everybody get used to it. One thing I wouldn't mind doing when it's back that I'm seeing people do now, and obviously I'm against it because, but when things go back to more normal, I wouldn't even mind doing takeaway points where we get them in a pub and then we go to a field somewhere and just drink them in the well, sun. Just, They'll just, be you just want to go drinking in the field. Vaccinated. Go with old yeah, school. That's, you know? that's, that's just I, called knacker drinking. That's yeah, what, just called knacker drinking. Yeah, that's what I just I was saying about Kim drinking out of us with a straw because that's what you did when you were younger and you were drinking in the field with your two cans that you managed to get from somewhere. Five years drinking in two cans together and everyone drank with a straw so you got drunk quicker yep. because there was no there was oh, direct feed, right. no oxygen and it was just straight into your body and you just got, you got drunk quicker because yep. obviously you weren't used to drinking because you were young. To, you know. I didn't. It's the Irish. I didn't drink until I was... 20 so i didn't have that experience i was I, knacker drinking at 32 <laughs> yeah i i didn't i didn't start drinking until i was 18 but uh really yeah right. very rare in this country oh, very God. rare but uh, I, I was really bad yeah. i was so in i was so polite and innocent with everything bar my drinking i started at 15 and the reason i one thing i can remember is the day i turned 18 my, my dad's a pioneer you know so right. I to break it to him he you know obviously he's got like i've got a present for you and i'm like oh it's cans oh cool Oh shit, do I tell him? And he comes in 
and he takes them out of the bag and it's a bag of harp. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, out of all the brands, he for some he gets the worst one. And I'm like, Dad, I haven't had them since I was 15. Shit. Oh. And he goes, what? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I've been drinking since I was 15. Surprise! Surprise! Yeah, you don't want pioneers buying you hooch. But you at least not. I didn't drink the... I don't think I drank them. I think... They're probably buried some in the garden somewhere. Aren't That's it? where harp should be buried in the back. My dad used to drink harp a lot when we were younger. That was his really yeah. choice. Yeah. They all did. Harp shandies. When he was driving, he'd have a harp shandy. But uh, <gasps> it wouldn't be. Yeah, it'd like it's like I'll, I'll have lemonade with my piss. Thank you very much. Oh I drank anything uh, and everything. No, you it wasn't. No, but look, it's it's been a while since we've actually recorded a pub cast. <laughs> It has like we've been doing our D and D thing, and I know we're getting back to that soon. It was a it was people moving to different countries. Some of our cast members were moving to Scotland, so we had to wait for them to do all that, and then we're gonna record our next D and D session soon. But um, we have the technology now. We have decided. We got proof? Have we got proof whether they were going over there to check for gnomes? I I I think or dwarves. I, I don't know. I mean, they but wouldn't have to look very hard. I don't think. To Dungeons and Dragons that the wards use to get to here, I would have a feeling it would be in Scotland. Does that be? Yeah. I think, advice? yeah, Dungeons and Dragons has definitely created a false sense of how many dwarves are Scottish. Mm -hmm. It's just that's, like that's, even when when I was young, that um, I think sorry, my first character was a ranger, but my second character, the more I had fun with, was was a dwarf, and it just felt right just to do it in Scottish. I, I tend to mix it up. I, I do a dwarf every now and again in Scottish, but I also do a, a generally a South, South Texas drawl, yeah. a gruff. You kind of give them that feel. You mix it up. But uh, yeah, like so we are getting back to it. Uh, we will be recording that very soon. Uh, we have a, a day scheduled for ourselves to all get together and do it. We do, and that we will do. be up on our channel, uh, our YouTube channel. Um, but in the meantime, we thought, you know what? We haven't done this in ages. The three of us haven't sat down with a beer and talk shite about all sorts. And there's been a lot of stuff going on, like a lot of movies dropping, a lot of TV shows dropping, because yeah. everything's everything's been pushed online. Um, all the Marvel show, all Marvel things now are TV shows. So like you've got One Division, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we got a trailer today for the new uh, the new um, uh, Marvel TV Loki. series. Uh, which looks really Loki as well. Loki's Loki, coming, yeah. uh, but it's like it's it's there's a lot of stuff happening, and it's it's really interesting to see the the, the kind of the switch in the dynamic for people because I I myself like there's all this thing about Black Widow. Black Widow was meant to have hit the cinemas last summer, but whatever that happened, it didn't, and it got pushed online, and then it was a case of. Um, Disney Plus are now going to, it's going to hit the cinemas in the States, but it's going to hit Disney Plus on the same day for a premium price, which I'll happily right. pay 20 quid to watch the film because yeah. mm -hmm. me too. You, you would have paid 50 quid when going to cinema to see it. Uh, I think it's July. Uh, oh no, hang on. I think it's the end of May. I think it's the end of May it's coming out. I think I could I be wrong. The dates are a bit fuzzy because they've changed so many times. Let me just check. I'd but, still uh, prefer yeah. to see it in the cinema. Dear God. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, look, but we can't, I know we can't, but it's just that's one of the that's one movie I really would have loved to see in the cinema, you know? Oh. Yeah. Um I I wanted to reward their eventual getting fucking around to it, you know. 
They took their sweet time. Uh, uh, the 9th of July this year July. is when it's getting the release. Uh, one film that I am raging, I didn't get to see in the cinema. And Irene has actually said to me, maybe, maybe they will do a re-release because of the film that's in it, is the Godzilla vs. Kong film. Yes. Because I saw, saw, obviously I saw, I saw all the previous ones in the cinema Mm -hmm. and we saw King of Monsters um, in the cinema, in the IMAX theatre here in Dublin. And it was, it was, it was an emotional experience. It was absolutely phenomenal. Myself and and Doc Hausman's uh, and a few other heads from Dublin City Comics because it was a, I think it was actually a preview show and the lads from Dublin City Comics very kindly gave me a ticket. And um, we went and we were all just sitting there in the cinema in a big row, just like munching popcorn, this huge IMAX screen. And, you know, Ken Watanabe, 60 feet tall on the the, the thing. As he should be. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it just... That, that the actor guy from Friday Night Lights who nobody knows his name, uh, like it's it, there was actually a Twitter meme recently of that particular actor who's like an actor you know and have seen in so many things, but you do not know his name. I guarantee not Taylor Kirsch, is it that lad, the, the, the main player? No, it's the kind of... father of, of the oh no, okay, things. good. So, uh, okay, so he's he was in Friday Night Lights and he was in. Do you remember that TV show about a guy who got the newspaper a day early? Yes, early edition. Early edition. That guy, he's the he's the dad in the new Godzilla film. So he's he's um, oh, Jesus, Shand- yeah, we should Shandler. know his name. But, I think it's Kyle Chandler. Could be that could be it. That sounds could all right. Mark but, Rose, the point is, yeah, Mark it could is be. the character name and. Yeah, but like I'm sure we have the internet. Like we have, we we have our pads. We could look it up if we wanted to. But I'm great with names. I'm I'm usually. I I guess that I didn't. I'm usually very good with that type of stuff. But Darren, the whole point is, even if his name got called out, we wouldn't recognize it. He's managed to be good in everything he's in and be instantly recognizable, and nobody remembers his name. He's become a that guy. He's become like John Heard and people like that. Yeah, and they're very important in cinema. They never take you out of whatever you're watching. No, you know, <laughs> no, like your man uh, so, Ned, Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day, that actor. Oh like, yeah, he's Tolerowski. everything he's everything he's in. He's fantastic, but you kind of go amazing. Those character actors that you see in everything. He plays the butler in right. a scary movie, doesn't he? No, that's a different guy altogether. That's that, no, that's the guy from Shit's Creek who is the mayor of the town. Okay, it's the same, it's the same guy from it's the same guy from Scary Movie. He's like, take my little hand. That's it, yeah. Take my little hand. You know, that's <laughs> a, that's the mayor from Shit's Creek. So, um, wow, yeah. I forgot that. It's, but just, that's it. It's these cadre of actors that you kind of go, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. There's I'm, a lot of people out there that are just a safe pair of hands, yeah. and um, and you know, just working. So, Wayne, I have to ask you. Um, uh, I haven't seen a minute of any of the new generation of Godzilla movies, um, but uh, very, very, just uh, you know, doesn't encompass much. But if you were just going to give me a out of ten score for all three, where would you be? Um, well, technically, there's four of them because the Kong film comes into the oh Christ, okay. So, um, the first Godzilla film is probably the weakest but that doesn't make it a bad movie so no the guard yeah movie, and i'm aware why yeah the guard yeah. film is very much a, a, a kind of a homage to the first original 1954 
Godzilla film. Because in that right. movie, you don't see Godzilla for most of the film. He just It's a threat, a looming threat, because it's meant to encapsulate nuclear war. And mm-hmm. the, yeah. it's, it, it is uh, an anecdote for Hiroshima and the Second World War with yeah. Japan. And it's a looming threat on the Japanese populace. And then all of a sudden, it's there at the end of the film. You see him stomping in over the horizon. Yeah. The first Godzilla film that we got with Brian Cranston and... Uh, um, what's his face, the creepy guy who played Quicksilver um, who was actually married to the Scarlet Witch in Godzilla and then they played brother and sister in the next fucking movie they're in. It was really Oh, Evan, Evan Watts has oh, jumped. Oh no, the, the other one, Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Yeah, that's the one. Um, right, okay. So okay. Uh, Lockdown zapped me of remembering actors. Yeah, names. that's but, fine. Um, so Aaron Taylor-Johnson plays the, the kind of the hero of the first Godzilla film. He's the he's the GI who's just constantly trying to get home. Brian Cranston. Oh God, is he doing an American accent? He is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um Olsen is his wife and he's constantly getting back to her in San Francisco, I think is where they're based. And the whole thing is his okay. journey back to that part of the world while Godzilla is encroaching, fighting the Mutas, which are the mutated creatures that have come up out of the earth. The whole thing about Godzilla is, is that he's the balancer. If there's an imbalance in nature, Godzilla will come along and fuck it up so there's a balance in the store. <laughs> and then... The great leveler. Yeah, that's literally what he is. Uh, and or she is, depending on what what yeah. era you're in but right. I, I really loved it I thought it it, it gave us chunky Zilla so like the chunky Zilla that's the modern day Zilla for the, the new films I, yeah. I was totally satisfied with that film a lot of people were like you don't get to see a lot of Godzilla it's like yeah right. that's that's kind of like when you do get the scene it was like oh and the fight with the Moolahs at the end was unreal um, and he was definitely the hero of that film and then Kong came along with Skull Island and was just like yeah, I, I saw I, that. I would watch Skull Island over and, and over, over and over again. again. It's a proper kaiju film. Um, it and is. They really, they got Kong bang on the money, and they made him like he's a fantastic. Like they, he's an own, he's his own Makes, character in the film. Like he's not just he really a, is. Yeah, he's not just a big kind of like ape that's just running around the place. The film was too long, but then you'll find me say that about everything past the 90s. So uh, sure, sure. yeah, but it was great. And I mean, it's, it's got the, it's got a, a trifecta of Marvel actors in it. So you have Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, uh, I forgot Brie they're, they're all in it and John C. Riley is in it as John C. Riley because that's yes, that's really. who John C. Riley plays yes. uh, and then you have that actor who plays like the sergeant guy who was in Agent Carter as well he was the, the head of the oh, agency yeah. in Agent Carter he's in that he's a good actor um, yeah. and there's a few other bit parts in it here and there and then that led on to building into King of Monsters which is just King of Monsters is just fucking unreal it's the one with King Ghadira it's, it's got Mothra in it it's got so many nods and winks to everything about Godzilla and the entire franchise that's come before between musical cues, between cameos, nods and winks to the, the twins from the original Mothra story. Ah, oh, you must have been it's, wet in yourself. Oh, it, like, I saw that with the right audience. It was a previous screening and every single person that was in that cinema wanted to be there to see that film. So it's like, right. it's like it was like an opening night, but it wasn't opening. It was a preview night, but it was yeah. in IMAX and... It just was just, it blew us away. So obviously when Godzilla versus Kong, we knew it was coming. We were like, yeah, IMAX, IMAX, IMAX. Then everything happened. And then, you know, it is what it is. You know, we're all dealing with that. And then there's Kong versus, Godzilla versus Kong gets dropped online. I'm like, 
fuck, I'm watching this at home. I have to. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. And I loved it from start to finish. Loved it from start to finish. It, it's not the perfect movie. It's ridiculous. But who cares? It's about a fucking giant ape fighting a giant lizard. And it's, yeah. and it's, and I'm not, so I know it's been out a while. I know. Are we at, at Mission Impossible 2 levels of ridiculousness or? It's not kicking impossible just yet. There is a moment okay. where it could be kicking impossible, where, okay. where, where Kong swings in and has a giant axe that Zilla fires up with his, with his, with his beam and he swings it in. I just see Kong turning to the camera and it's like, but it's a wee smile. A wee smile is like, you know, could this get any more Zilla versus Kong? Um, but that's but, what you want. You want the two of them kicking that's the crap out of each other. It's, it's exactly yeah. what it says on the tin. And it's got some serious acting chops in it. Besides Starsguard, who's like there for the, 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 the eye candy. Um, right. The female actress who was in The Prestige was in Iron Man 3 as well. Played the, uh, the bioengineer in Iron Man 3. I can't, I, I can't remember her name. I'm terrible with actors, actors and actresses' names tonight. Um, yeah. Welcome to my world. I want to say, I, I, I don't know why, but I want to say something Ferguson, but I could be completely off base with that one. Is it Rebecca Ferguson? The, Rebecca the, Ferguson. The, I was right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. She's in it and she's good because she's good at yeah. everything. She's amazing. Um, the young kid, um, Rebecca Hall, Rebecca Hall is her name. Rebecca Hall. Sorry, is her oh, name. The, yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Millie Bobby Brown is in it. She's back from. Yes. She was. She was in um, King of Monsters. Um, okay. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Julian Dennison. So the kid from um, the Hunt for the Wilder Wilder Beast thing. Yeah, oh my god! He's in it. He's in it. Yeah, Deadpool he's in it. Too, and he yeah. was also in Santa Claus too, the new one, which he was. He was. He was in the one with Kurt Russell like going he, on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and there's like it links. Lance Reddick turns up for like two lines. I think there's a, again like a lot of films nowadays. There's a different cut of this movie somewhere, because Lance Reddick just turns up and is Lance Reddick for five seconds. He's like, you know, we are trekking Kong. He's coming this way. Um, hmm. And then he's just wow. standing in the background being Lance Reddick for like the re- for the every other scene he's in. He does nothing else. Worth the money. Worth no, the money. They probably like, paid yeah. his cameo fee. Probably. Do you reckon? Uh, do you reckon like uh, like cats? There's a butthole cut out there where they had the. Um, that's the kicking. Had, that's that's the kicking impossible version of Godzilla right. versus Kong. It's the butthole cut. Where you it's just a see, cut. Because in fairness, actually, in fairness, in Skull Island, <laughs> there is a full on. <laughs> Walking in the moonlight, Emilio Estevez loaded weapon shot of of Kong walking away with his lovely big Kong bum. And I think he actually got some stan accounts online from that shot yeah, of Kong's just he works he it, oh he chunk he's a chunky monkey, but yeah, um a lot of like it was it was it got weird to a point where it's like we stand for Kong's bum on the internet on the no. internet of all places you, who no. the fuck is but um no like it's a, a series of four movies that are just they get more bombastic and more enjoyable as they go on that's and, great and and I have I have I take umbrage with anyone that went into Kong versus the uh, Zilla versus Kong expecting anything but what they got anyone that like actual critics wrote reviews of that film complaining about realism well in fairness okay. if you have a look at real life and the giant godzilla and the giant apes that we have in real what it's yeah, moronic. You know, if it had as i said i'm very easy to please if i had kong in it and if it had godzilla in it and they fight well i'm i'm happy and the funny did. thing is 
it like arguing logic in in a in a fantastical universe is is always silly but um when you look at uh, when you look at uh for example game of thrones when it used to take them a season to travel from the north to the south and then by season seven uh, they were wick-whacking, they, they unlocked fast travel and then all of a sudden they were in two places in the one episode. It's, it's funny, like it's none of it's real, but if there are some internal laws that are being obeyed, well, that's then it. yeah. it's, it's the difference between being fully in and, and, mm. and taken out of it from time to time. But it's hard to keep an eye on those things when you've got giant monsters to fight well, each other. Like, and it, I, you're right though, if, if you set universe rules... And you yeah. adhere to you those universe rules. You got to keep those universe rules in your own universe. Yeah. yeah. But when you're dealing with a universe that has giant lizards that balance everything within the earth, and they are nature's law keepers, yeah, the all bets are off. Whatever the fuck turns up that you got to fight. Now, Darren, I know Kim, you haven't seen the film, but no. I know you don't mind me talking about spoilers. Not at all. Dina, Not at have all. you seen it? Oh, I have seen it. Yeah, right. I have, I've seen it. That's why I didn't so, know if you were going to spoil it or not. Well, you know, I wanted to go for it. Go for it. So, spoilers for Godzilla versus Kong. Okay, anyone that hasn't seen it doesn't want to know what happens to a particular thing that is blaringly obvious and was telegraphed in the trailer very slightly, but people then started to talk about it everywhere and and guessed correctly. Um, I love the... your top. I'm just after copying. <laughs> this is uh, from Rogue Print. Um, in the UK, uh, this is my. It's not Kong. It's Grogu the Destroyer. Is this one? Oh, it's not Godzilla. Okay. It's not Zilla. I mean, it's, it's Grogu the Destroyer. But it's kind of like a cartoonized version of of thing. I yeah. have, I also have a sticker of him on my phone. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. The funny um, thing is, uh, Wayne, I was looking at your T-shirt the whole time we've been talking, but it wasn't until you started talking about the movie that I noticed what was on your T-shirt. Yeah. I, I I didn't know what it was, but when as soon as you said we're gonna, it would be. I'm also wearing um it's like my my wardrobe but this is uh, uh nice. this is from Metmaco design uh a friend oh, of the nice. book, Melissa O'Brien this is um check it out Oh Very fancy cool. oh, nice I'm just flashing my bum to the camera Yeah I never but, taught you to do that way and I never taught it um, to this is you can get these these are on Etsy these are available on Etsy um um uh, these are uh, nice glitter uh, dice roll hoodies that uh, Matt McCoda Link in the this. description. Well, I'll put link the link in the, in the description. description. <laughs> yeah, a link in the description to where you can get this T-shirt and where you can get this hoodie. I keep going the wrong side because my video is oh, we're mirrored. so professional. So professional. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? You were going to talk about uh, an spoilers. occurring in yeah. the movie that was telegraphed from the trailer. The trailer. People guessed you were going to talk trailer. to Taron about oh, yeah. it. That- yeah. So... Um, the, obviously the title doesn't give anything away Godzilla vs Kong, that happens quite a few times in the film, at least three times in the movie they have a bit of a scrap and but the main bad guy is, I think it was beautifully done and I looked. I think it looked brilliant, is Mecha Godzilla Mega Godzilla so they get, they get one of the skulls of King Ghadira and they use it as a channeling tool to, to basically um Geiger, the fucking like Pacific Rim, a giant mechazilla. So they get like right. they use King Ghadira's skull, and a pilot sits inside of it and links in with it, and then it, that's linked into a system that 
connects to Mechagodzilla, and that's the sort of human equivalent to what the human the humans try to build something that will take down Godzilla. And at the start of the film, Godzilla is attacking these bases and, and killing people. And the scientists are going, "What the fuck is going on? Godzilla's yeah, a Godzilla friend. What's happening? What's happening? He doesn't do that." And it turns out that Godzilla was only attacking places where elements of this mecha Godzilla was being built. Oh, he was like smashing off the mecha Godzilla yeah. before it could be built. So, ah. so he was he was hearing signals being boosted from Godira or King Godira. Yeah. Around the world, and he was going, and where the fuck is this? And whenever a signal went off, he'd go and attack that place and just destroy it because that's not meant to exist because Gadira was from fucking space. Um, yes. So I love how, uh, like, when they were thinking about, right, so what are, where are we, are we just going to have a metal chair? And like, someone must have said, no, we're going to, we're going to put the chair in the skull. But that was, that was telegraphed at the end of the last movie. So they had it come in, and, and people, they had scientists come in at the last film and take, Body parts away, including the skull. The skull oh, was actually yeah. found. You see that you see a shot of the skull at the or end. the head at the end of it being taken. So I just thought it was cool. That was yeah, because you and Ryan both knew going into this the Mecha Godzilla was gonna be in it. Yeah, yeah. Um and I mean, but you see you see a glimpse of Mecha Godzilla ever so briefly in the first trailer. Yeah, if you pause the trailer oh. in the right way, yeah. metallic robot. Oh, they were it's not really... Power Rangers, so it had to be Mecha Godzilla, yeah. you know. We got it, which was awesome. Oh, I know it was fantastic. And it takes then it's it takes Kong and Zilla teaming up to fight Mecha Godzilla to take it down. Who were you up for between Godzilla and Kong, Wayne? Godzilla all the way, every really? single day. Oh, of the I'm week. more of a Kong guy. Every day know. of the week, the big lizard is going to kick the shit out of the monkey. And Godzilla did. But he it was only that Godzilla recognized that Kong was not a bad guy. Yeah. Godzilla yeah. let off. And then they team up at the end. Which I, which um, I love that. I, I, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I will say this, and I, and I think it's going to lead into a segue. Um, if you're a fan of these movies and you haven't seen Godzilla vs. Kong and you've listened to us so far and even if you listen to the spoilers watch this fucking movie it's it's just a pure fun fest it's exactly what the world needs right now is pure yeah. escapism where um, is it available Wayne? I think they have it on Now TV um, yes. okay, yeah. it's on Now it. TV that's oh. right we got, I think we got it on Now TV uh, get a yeah. subscription to it that's what a lot of people were doing yeah. you, uh, get a, you can yeah. get a 7 day subscription to Now TV for like a trial yeah. and then you just watch it but um, Irene, Irene gifted me with it as one of our nights in where we had a nice dinner and a few drinks and we watched Aww. Godzilla vs. Kong um, but I, I personally believe that Godzilla vs. Kong was a better Batman versus Superman movie than Batman versus Superman was. Well, you see, as soon as you told me that there was at least three bouts of argy bargy, you'd already won. And yeah. when you, even though you know I'm in, um, uh, oh my God, Wayne, I'm getting your name problem now. The screenwriter Chris Terrio, Chris Terrio talking about what went wrong with BVS Dodge. Uh, he said straight away once the studio wanted that title, he felt like he was going to disappoint people. Yeah, because if you're gonna, how are you gonna write that? You know, <laughs> Superman you versus know? Batman, Superman wins. So yeah. he's like, uh, he felt from the start it was kind of cursed, um, because of the title. Because how are you gonna live up to that? So I'm glad that there was at least three Hydens rendered. I'm trying to remember, was there the definitely three? There was the one of both. Did you not notice, Wayne? Sorry for cutting. Did you not know notice, like the the real reason why, um. Godzilla didn't kill or didn't continue to I know fight. what you're going to say Darren um, Kong, Kong like my, like he he signed Marta you, know, you, know you mean no no he, uh, said, he said Mothra 
Oh, that was it. Yeah, sorry. Matra. Bollocks, I messed it up. I'm waiting ages to say that. I'm getting my coat. Sorry, I'm gone. Jesus. Yeah, Matra. There's loads of memes of that on the internet. How could you say that name? Save Matra. His friend's name is Matra. Oh, God. But... Yeah, no, Zilla versus Kong is just top-notch entertainment from start to finish. Just pure balls to the wall. Not so. It's not. It's not. It's not meant to be Lawrence Olivier does Hamlet. It's fucking Godzilla versus Kong. You know. But as a lot of us are noticing, Wayne, there's only so much prestige you can have, and there are things that I'm watching that I genuinely need to take breaks from because I'm in such an anxious state Hmm. that. Like, I'm going to have dreams about Breaking Bad. I'm going to have dreams about, you know, all these things that I'm watching. And sometimes you just need something easy. Yeah. But with, but but you can't have something where, the like, nobody was in love with the project. It's something that is completely stupid, but people were so in love with is such a pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, I've got, I will, I will uh, search that out. I've got a recommendation for you guys uh, and anyone who's listening uh, it's a rare treat these days to see a film where you know nothing about it where you know nothing about it and um uh there's a movie called the kid detective and i actually bought it on dvd before i bought it but or before i saw it because i wanted to support it's an independent film and i wanted to support it um i loved the premise and I figured there was only so disappointed I was going to be. And, um, and I, know, I, know, I know why you went out to that movie. You were getting your plinky fix. That's what you were getting. Well, look, look. Full disclosure of ties. My, my best friend and lover, Adam Brody, uh, is is uh, in in the uh, in the movie, but he's in it because his friend is a very talented indie director and uh, worked really hard for four years to get it made. But with, without saying much more than this, he was a kid genius who became a kid detective in the town, and then something happened and he fell out of favor. But he continued to kind of be under that. Um, mask and he never he was in a state of arrested development then and then he's just a complete bum in this town that he grew up in just Mm. disappointing everyone every day and you're like well how's that entertaining and yet it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen it's a black pitch black humor but it's so good and um, I will I I have the blu-ray Wayne I might send it to you I have it it ordered Kim I've already seen (laughs) it I saw I saw the trailer a while ago and it, it popped up on my radar, and then Very I forgot good. I forgot about it and then I saw the trailer again and was like oh I fucking better order that so I but did it's a real treat so. and I just say to anyone like it, I can't remember the last time I saw a film I didn't know everything about before I watched it hmm. and uh, and it's just it's just a treat it's just an old fashioned well told uh, story and it's just great really good I I have a similar film that I watched only today that I knew oh. nothing about. I knew it existed. I knew it was tipped for a lot of awards, um, but I steered away from trailers. I steered away from synopsises. I didn't look it up. I just watched the fucking movie, which is a rare thing nowadays. Like you were saying, like it's a rare thing that we get a film. Yeah. What? Yeah. There's too, sorry, there's, there's too many spoilers in them there hills. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> um, the film is The Sound of Metal. 
Oh, which I've heard about from award season. Yeah. So but, I, yeah. It's, it is, it's, it's tipped in the award, the award season, but it's like, I, I haven't seen it. Like I've seen other people mentioned on social media, but yeah. I haven't sought out trailers and stuff. I hadn't actually seen yeah. the trailer before I watched the film. So it has, it has a, a Riz Ahmed in it, in, in the, the lead role, yeah. uh, as a, a guy called Ruben Stone, who plays a, a metal drummer with his girlfriend. They're in a duo, a metal band that travel around the States. And he starts to lose his hearing and does lose his hearing at the start of the movie. And it's about him real horse. finding himself and struggling through what this is and having to reevaluate everything around him. And it's it's a drama. So it is there has there is moments in it, but it's not like yeah. like uh, Riz is unreal in it. Like he's phenomenal in the role in the lead role. Um everyone like it's a small cast, there's only like about five so, uh, six people in the film. Do you uh, is it a more nuanced portrayal of the anguish of losing your hearing than Bradley Cooper pissing himself on stage at an awards show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, defo. It, it's, I'm in. It's, I'm in yeah. with the audiologist on Thursday. By the way, really, I was. I had a nice level of denial. Um, uh, Tom knows I wear hearing aids, but don't wear them often enough uh, because I was good at lip reading, quite good uh, until um, Bane. Anyway, uh, once everyone started wearing masks, it got a bit tricky in work, and so I said, "Oh well, you know, you have this level where you're like, well, if I just put my hearing aids in, it'll be fine." So then one day I put my hearing aids in and I got halfway through a phone call and I had to rip them out. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> that was my saving grace and I have to go and actually, yeah, yeah, actually no. do something about it. I, 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 yeah, I highly recommend this movie. It gives a solid insight into what it is like to lose a sense and yeah. in particular to lose your hearing. Um, and obviously... And when it's your job, like when it's your life and your art and it's, everything. It's, it's full on love um in it like you know i mean it's solidly linked with his relationship with his girl and it's just no it's phenomenal it's a phenomenal movie um tour de force performance very much not That's a comedy crazy. um like crazy. it's a, it's not that it's a hard watch but if if you're not in the right mental space right now to watch yeah, a film like yeah. that, it's not a film you watch yeah. but it is a phenomenal film and i i hope riz gets uh, gets at least noticed by this because he is a fantastic actor he's amazing yeah, he's he amazing is. he's a fantastic and it's actor. And uh, I think we all know this up close and personal. Uh, um, meddlers are truly the finest people on the face of this planet. There isn't a single person that is obsessed with uh, metal or horror movies that isn't the sweetest fucking nicest person. I don't know what it is about these busy, uh, busy, aggressive genres that just attract the smartest, most sensitive people. I. It's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Uh, same can't be said for dance music or Fast and Furious movies. But, you know, we try. We try. Well, the Fast and Furious movies are going into space with Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> I can't wait. They, in, have, they, in are, space. they are strapping Ludacris to a rocket car and off he goes. Him and, <laughs> him and Tyree Skipson. It's going to be Marvel. Brothers, brothers in space. Brothers um, in space. It's going to be yeah. two hours of not caring about anything and just watching to see how they interact action with cars it's brilliant I, I i bet they have dice and one has got like you know loads of like different action things that can happen and the other one is what car it's got just a, loads of different cars and they just roll them it's the it's barely about cars anymore Vin Diesel yeah. is losing it he yeah. is losing it it's he's like, posting pictures of himself on instagram being looked over by paul walker's like spirit 
all the time and it's like really? lads lad you have to yeah it's oh, yeah just have a wee have a wee peek in on his instagram there wayne he is a loony <laughs> like i want to he was one of the first celebrities to uh, to come out as like back in you're talking to excuse yeah. me good few years ago yeah he was one of the first well-known celebrities who was a tough guy yeah who came in as a big D head mm-hmm. yeah you can um, disavow him now and put all your cards on joe mantinello because we I don't think, need yeah i'd happily put my chairs on joe because he's just fucking he's a legend but yeah. um vin vin if he, that's what vin is doing where he's all like you know walker is is, is looking at him from he just, yeah, he's doing those. That's what they're probably doing. They're probably, shooting, they're probably shooting Ludicrous and Tyrese Gibson into space to find Paul Walker. That's probably the, that's the, that's the plot probably. of Final Fantasy Nine. Uh, Final Fantasy Nine, fucking Final <laughs> Destination Nine. No, hang on, Fast and Furious Nine. Fuck me, the alliteration. All these fucking. <laughs> no, no, I think you've come up with a really Fast and Furious versus Final Destination, where you know, if only they get to their Final Destination. And I speak as somebody who has actually enjoyed the last five fast and the furious movies oh yeah since, since they turned nonsense. again like um, in fairness in the same podcast we cannot say godzilla versus kong is escapism fucking enjoy escapism and then turn yeah. around and say that the fast and furious movies are garbage because oh no no you won't hear that out of garbage. my mouth you will not but it, it's funny that the ones you enjoyed the most right are the ones that got away from car culture and well, went towards I'm, I'm not literal known, fantasy yeah, i'm not known for my love of car culture it's <laughs> not really my thing um, yeah, I'm you know, it's um, um, but as soon as it became heist films, yeah, and yeah. and obviously when Jason Statham and The Rock turned up, so much, they were so they, they made it so good they got their own fucking spin off. Come on, yeah, you know, but well, I'm yeah. sorry if you if Michelle Rodriguez shows up anywhere in a tank top, I am on board, on board, yeah, and like they Firm killed her, board. they killed her off, and then they decided to bring her a couple back of times, a couple of times. <laughs> with everybody, like, yeah, but like, I mean, look, the Marvel Universe, it's like anyone who dies can come back. I'm, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Thanos shows up in these fucking movies at one point. <laughs> like, so. You know, so. but it's who cares? Like they are pure escapism. They're yeah. mental nuts of They films. embraced they embraced their um oh, they their leaned, they, jack shitness. Yeah. They leaned heavily into that. They were like, fuck it, put the pedal to the metal, literally, and off they went. You were speaking of escapism. Yeah. I on a, well, not on a whim. I've been listening to a lot of big Finnish uh, production stuff while I'm jogging, but I've been I've been really like I just I just going to go into a tangent something else. But what got me back into it is a lot of star- Torchwood stuff. But the last thing I was listening to was Outbreak, just to hear how Torchwood would handle a pandemic, and then kind of going, oh Jesus, if 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 they were here now, it would be it would, oh God, we we'd be so happy. But then when I went out for my jogging there, I seen the advertising. I'm trying to, for the. Uh, David Tennant's back. David Tennant's been back for a while. Yeah, well, I, this this, uh-huh. this this caught my eye because of the advertisement, because they were hinting that something epic happens at the end. You know the, the new Dalek Universe stuff? The Dalek Universe stuff, yeah. yeah well, well, I think I've already seen the, the of what happens, but like the, they were hinting at, like they were showing what people were saying about when you listen to all three, um, uh, all three of the stories. So I d- decided to listen to the first story as I was jogging. And even that is amazing. Like the, I won't spoil any of it, but the first couple of lines kind of like he's hinting about the fact that, you know, he knows that he, him doing the doctors ended, but you know, sometimes you can come back. And um, I was just listening to that on my jog and it was really, really cool. Like um, anyone that misses David Tennant and wants to, you know, wants him back, get on the, the, the big uh, 
big finish productions because they're brilliant like well big finish did a thing there because we didn't have any doctor who we still haven't had doctor who for the last year and a half they did the thing called time lord victorious which is a joint operation with the bbc and themselves and then titan comics as well and bbc books where they did like a multi-platform season of doctor who but with old doctors so you had david tennant paul mcgann christopher eccleson was in the character was in the books but christopher eccleson is now back in the yeah. audio stories he's now back with big finish he's they're launching a series of christopher eccleson ninth doctor audio stories um so they've essentially brought back all of the doctors bar peter peter capaldi and um uh, matt smith they haven't done the audio stories yet but that right. doesn't they're, they're probably going to eventually i say they will um, like Capaldi, Capaldi is the stars on the rise. He's in the new Suicide Squad, like you know. No, he's only a young lad. He's only a young lad. So I mean, you know, he's got a, a long road ahead of him. Um, was uh, online there, like reading um, top. He read top ten uh, questions people were asking him about him coming back to the role and whatnot. Yeah. He's, he was very honest. He goes, "Why are you back? What's the real re- reason you're back?" And he goes, "Like, well, to be honest, you know, I've got a family to pay for, so I'm back for doing that." But then he also said that it was the, it was the scripts. Scripts, scripts. There we go. Yeah. The the scripts were very, very good, and uh, that's what brought them back. So I'm definitely going to once it's out. It's it's still it's on pre order now, but once it's out, I'll definitely be be um be getting that. But the, the I listened to the first episode, which of with David Tennant um buying time, and the the synopsis is is like these group of people um go are 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 going to this crash spaceship to find something, and while they're looking for it, they stumble upon you know uh the tenth Doctor. And uh, the interaction between, I won't spoil it because the characters he, he's talking to, I think they're from another doctor. I think like there's another um, uh, classic doctor of the big pr- uh, f- finish um, that, that these characters are from. But he, David Tennant's acting like he knows them, which is brilliant. That's what I love. It's like anyone can jump in. I mean, even if I, if I have missed something, I'll go back and listen to it. I don't feel like I'm, I'm losing out by listening to it. Mm. And if... I haven't, and this is set up for later on. It's blo- like bloody brilliant. So um, it's just uh, getting to hear his voice again, getting to to, to, to see, well to hear him do his stuff. But it's great while you're you're, you're jogging and you zone out. My mind just wanders and just uh, comes up with all the all the stuff. But I won't say any more. I just I just say we were t- like it's really really great that they're as I said the digital for a di- digital downloads only twenty euro like twenty blips and that's a couple of points at the weekend. So. And how much? How much would you get for that, Darren? I'm getting well. It's an each each. I'm getting three episodes, and they're an hour long. Plus, there's a, a fourteen with talk interviewing and talking to the cast and loads of backstage stuff. And oh. at the end, which is usually on the Torchwoods, like the Torchwood ones. I'm, I always well mention them as well. They're single. They're, they're done really, really well. They get a. They don't get all the cast back. They only get them on the specials, but they get a couple of cast members, and maybe one cast member, or maybe a cast member that they didn't really talk about before. And they have them go on a, on on an adventure, and they get to do things like that they wouldn't have been able to do on the TV show. But they're they're done so well that you're kind of going, oh, maybe, maybe. That's why when when John Barrowman showed up in Doctor Who, I'm like, to, and like at the Christmas special, and like hinted about who he was going to see. I was like, oh, is this? Is, are we going to see a torchwood again but then unfortunately lockdown so um but i am always like even even if we don't ever get torchwood back on the telly um we have it on on audio so it's brilliant but sorry that's great yeah for 20 euro you're getting three hours three uh, uh, t- three hour long episodes and i think that's worth it like you'd spend that that's yeah. well I was if they're coming back to that if they're coming back to that um 
Darren, they're obviously paying the actors, which is great. Yeah. So, which is why they're getting everybody back. So they're obviously making money on it, and I'm delighted. I like to see people producing content and making money for it. It's um, and it really is. Look, it's you know, like if I've I've often said that the, if they if they wanted to go another step forward, which they did back in the day, but they could just you could get these, and you could get a really really good cartoonist, and you could just. You could just do animation to animate them. Yeah. They, they have, they have, probably do that. they have done that in the past. So they, they have so, worked really well. Yeah. So really Big, well, Finish, like, Big Finish are now officially canon as well. So yes. since the Ooh. return of Paul McGann in the TV series, we did the 50th anniversary story. Paul McGann came back for the small mini episode that he did called The Night of the Doctor. And in that, he talks, he basically, in the middle of doing his regeneration, he's about to do his regeneration, he drinks a thing and it regenerates him and turns him into John Hurt. Just as he's doing that, he's, he toasts and he toasts all of his companions from the Big Finish audio stories, which instantly wow. them all canon. So every every story that he's involved with those companions, and he has more after that, but it's now considered that Big Finish is canon within the BBC universe. Um, for for the longest time, it was it was ambiguous whether they were or not. Like it was down to the fact that if you thought they were canon, they were canon because with Doctor Who, it's like it's it's limited. Yeah, of course, but. McGann doing that in the 50th anniversary has instantly made his stories in Big Finish audio. Right. Um, but Big Finish have been the mainstay for Doctor Who fans for the longest time. Um, and I'm one of them. Like they, I, I, buy the, I buy their stuff as often as I can. Uh, I either get digital download and sometimes I splash out and I get CDs or I get box sets. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I did recently get, there was an eight, eight Doctor story called Stranded. Um, which is, I think, the second part of it came out there now, where he's just he's stuck in London, um, and it's his story of him being stuck in London, which we've done before with Doctor Who, but this is with the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, um, your Doctor so well. Yeah, and it, the the Time Lord Victorious thing was fucking huge. It was massive. So you had you had actual books, comic books, um, magazine strips, audio adventures, and then in in London in 2021, later on this year, I think it's September, they're opening up an interactive event that ties in with Time Lord Victorious. So it was meant to, it was again, like everything, it was meant to happen last year, but so it has been delayed. So there is a timeline on the Big Finish website and you can Google it and find it. It gives you the Time Lord Victorious timeline, which is just a a story that spans multiple doctors. So it's Paul McGann's doctor, David Tennant, and Christopher Eccles' doctor. And it spans those three doctors. And, it's, and also Tom Baker. Tom Baker's in there as well. In, an audio, in an audio adventure. I so, it. Well, sorry for cutting across you again, but I've seen the fact that Tom Baker's there. Is it the ter- is it is it him as his doctor or yeah, yeah, him as his doctor. And um, he has in Stranded, in the Stranded story I was talking about, he turns up as the curator from the 50th anniversary. Nice. So like they the thing about Big Finish is that they're able to do all that and they have a contract with Tom Baker. So he's continuing to record audios from his home. They all are. So yeah. they've all done audio stories from their homes during lockdown. They have little odd recording boots. There's a great photograph of Sophie Aldred who played Ace, uh, the seventh doctor's companion, and she's literally under her stairs, soundproofed yeah. her stairs, and she's got her microphone and she's just recording. Um, but they've all done that from their homes, so they can continue That's to cool. work and work That's for Big great. Finish. And they've keep continuing to they keep continuing to or continuing to produce audio adventures because the like the quality of the stuff that they're putting out there is fucking insane. Like it's full-on audio plays sound effects, music, the works, like the absolute works, and it's top-notch. Now, they don't just do 
Doctor Who. Like I know Darren said they do Torchwood, but they do they've done a story with Dorian Gray. They do all the horror stories, Frankenstein and Dracula. Mark Mark Gatiss's first foray into writing a Dracula story was with Big Finish, and he plays wow. Dracula himself. Um, and it is much better than the fucking abomination that they put on the BBC with him and fucking yeah. Um, um, Doing so well, except for the third episode. What's his name? Peter Moffat. Um, so like himself and himself, they did a Dracula thing as, as people have watched since. But that was on the BBC like last year and it was terrible. Now, I thought it was terrible. Anyway, some people loved it. I fucking thought it was garbage. And, right. But the audio version that he's in, it's modernized. It's Dracula that they do the Dracula tale, but they modernize him. They bring him in like, very similar to the story that was in that movie, but in the TV series. But it's done in a different way. Like there's a vampire war and everything. It's really because the, the thing about audio is the limit's limitless. You can just have the sound effects. You don't have to worry about filming locations. So they do a multitude of different things. And they've got Doctor Who actors. If you're a Doctor Who fan, they've got actors doing other things. Like they have uh, Art Darvel, who was the guy who played Rory in Doctor Who, is in a multitude of different um, big finish stories. And he did, like, he did Frankenstein for them. And it's great, brilliant, like well worth listening to. He's actually doing his own audio of the Lone Centurion of what happened yeah. when he was waiting for um, media. Yeah. So, um, it's right, what, like, I mean, there's been so many things I've been watching and rewatching. It's comfort, like pure comfort for everything, and also gaming as well. There was a major thing that PlayStation did. They announced that um, the PS3 and the PS Vita and the PSP store was going to close. And then everyone scrambled to download all their shit. <laughs> and then they realized how much of a mistake it would be to close those fucking stores. And they backtracked them. And were like, oh. right, we're just going to close the PSP store. Just the PSP. So PS Vita and PS3 are going to stay open. Because I went and I got my PS3 and downloaded all of the games that I could. I could fit onto the hard drive that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, like what, Wayne? Um, Twisted Metal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, That's a driving game, isn't it? Twisted Metal, yeah, it's a driving game, game of cars, get, yeah, cars right. and guns and shit like that, and ice cream truck with a clown head bobbling at the top. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what else? I got the, the Metal Gear Solid, um, some of the Metal Gear Solid games, the ones that are on the PS, the Son of the Patriots, although I have a hard copy of that. And then the one with uh, Raiden in it, um, Metal Gear Solid Revenge or Revengeance or Revengere, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it's a completely bonkers version where you're just running around slicing things up with a sword. Um, I but think. like yeah it's like you go on there and you you don't realize how many fucking games you've bought in the past for past consoles because my ps3 collection was like just lines and lines of games it's crazy yeah um, mental stuff and also my vita i was down trying to fit stuff onto a fucking a 32 gig vita card that i was like <laughs> but the beautiful thing about it is that you can download vita games into the ps3 and they'll sit there and you just plug your vita in and install them from the ps3 wow oh, so there you go I know they've gone That's back when my, my ESB bills, my electricity bills after I got rid of the PS3 and got a, a, a smart box to play DVDs and, and Netflix on. Holy shit. The new unit uh, used four, was four watts uh, was the power it needed to operate. And the PS3 was 150 watts. Wow. Yeah. My, my electricity bill literally went like that overnight because I was watching Netflix on it and I was playing uh blu-rays and dvds on it was it playing blu-rays on a ps3 yeah, yeah. probably yeah, you yeah. yeah so um yeah no, that was there, night and day yeah. and, like the thing was fucking hot like half the time i don't know why i thought it was gonna be any different but it's built to deal with 
you know, fast graphics and 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 uh, uh, network gaming. And here was me, you know, uh, watching a cooking program on it. It's not really what it's meant for. <laughs> I'm up to it, lads. Uh, so I, I have to say, right, we're talking about um, we're talking about David Tennant. Uh, staged has been one of the most realistic yeah. things. Like I know there, I know there. Are, hyper representations of of actors and themselves but i just thought that was lovely and tenant is going into the bank in that gray hoodie and then baggy shorts i'm telling you that's that's it for me that's the one that's the one i was waiting for that was it that was it stick a cherry on it it's done that's yep. the image anyway then um when you were talking about peter capaldi i was thinking about how exciting that james gunn's suicide squad looks yeah and how embarrassing it's going to be for everyone who works on the other one. Yeah. David David Ayer is trying to get his uh, Snyder cut out. Oh, and they're like, no, stop. please go uh, away. It was like, <laughs> you could just, the instant reaction was like. <laughs> just buy any um, d- uh, like lockdown exclusives. Like I bought tickets to live shows that I knew I wasn't going to be able to attend because they were going to be two o'clock in the morning on the only uh, on the on the night before the only day i work so what do you mean but, like on, uh, online shit yeah like like some of my favorite podcasters are doing live ones just to get a taste for it again you know and i knew i wouldn't be able to go but i've been buying it we've been supporting i've been supporting the lost art lads oh yeah uh, no, yeah no, support those lads yeah, yeah. definitely um, and uh, have you been doing anything like that uh, throwing dollar dollar bills at people you love to keep them alive. Well, the, the lost art ads for sure. Um, I threw a few subscriptions to a few people on Twitch, even though they don't fucking use Twitch. Um, Very good. A lot, a lot of gamers and a lot of like podcasters and YouTubers and different people that I yeah. would follow all of a sudden started to stream and do different things too. And, and in yes. fairness to most of them, a lot of them were doing it. They were just, they weren't doing it to keep themselves afloat. It was like, this is what no. I did before. I'm just doing yeah. it. And then stuff went to charity. So, yeah. uh, but the Lost Art ads for sure. And if anyone doesn't know who the Lost Art are, check them out. It's um, Gar and Paul, two very good friends of the show. Um, and they have a fantastic online radio show, basically. Um, like, so yeah, that's what a podcast is, Wayne. No, these are actual, it's an actual radio. They play fucking yeah. music. And Live. They're, they're great and they're funny yeah. fuckers. And you can interact with them on Mixer, which is a, another kind of streaming app for audio. And they will interact back with you. You have full on live conversations, very much like a Twitch show would, yeah. but they use it as an audio show. So there's no video involved. They're Although the they best have, kind of music snobs yeah. as well. Where they come from is a place of love, but you're not going to get your bullshit opinions past them. <laughs> no. no. Which is great. Um, but like it's it's yeah no definitely check out the lost art I mean I I don't know I think I haven't I haven't really subscribed to anything and paid anything out of like the idea of you know watching something live I tend to watch a lot of things recorded because yeah. of my timetable and everything that I do and my yes. work and everything like that so I need to be able to jump in and out of something whenever I want to so I'm yeah. the worst at saying oh you're streaming at two o'clock in the morning have fun with that yeah toodaloo well Wayne the one thing is like uh twitch streamers and youtubers and podcasters are one of the uh are some of the luckiest people on the planet because they were un- unbothered by a lot of what was going on it just meant that everyone else is forced to be home like they are when they're doing their stuff but um <clears throat> for you you're an it guy and also uh uh do a lot of 
techie things with people. So you were able to make yourself as busy as fucking ever. Yeah. How many, how many, how many, uh, how many games and things have you got going on at the moment, apart from us? I have five separate sessions that I'm running. <laughs> You're a magic. Plus a hero quest session. Now, when I say I've got five running, I'm running four of them. Right. Which includes hero quest. And then I'm playing in another one. I'm actually playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons, which is a rarity oh, for me, nice. and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, Declan Duty from Romancing the Dungeon is running a Curse of Strad game, and I, he very graciously let me jump in, and I'm playing a a, a warlock rogue called Gregor Hladonovich. And uh, he is a, an old adventurer. He's 55 years of age and has managed to survive that long in the world. A nice of change, isn't well, it? He's like, yeah, I figured like, I'm going to make a grumpy old adventurer who just doesn't get involved with anything he's like somebody comes looking for somebody to do a quest like i am not interested fuck off like he's he just gets on with things and just sits in the background and drinks his beer that's why he's only level six and he's 55 so that's how that works out right um, so yeah, time now, drinking and a bit of adventure yeah he's been dragged into this now though he's been dragged in so he has to get involved but apart from that no about, i think in, in total about five different things that i'm doing that involve gaming in some way um, with friends and like, and we have obviously have our podcast one that we do, um, which people can check out on YouTube. Indeed, hence why I'm HD because I um I started um watching Critical Role finally, and ah. I like I'm at the beginning thing, but as beginners go, and then are like, you watching Campaign One first? I I felt like I should start from the beginning because I know nothing. Like, yeah um, so then... i like i think i'd said to you previously campaign one is is rough and ready because it was the f- one of the first of its kind so yeah. it's a very seat of its pants type of a situation campaign two then is much more polished and much more thought out in because campaign one of that show they actually jumped in they had already been playing that game for two that years two years oh, at wow. home so it's like you know our wednesday night game that we play yeah imagine if we decided after a year and a half, we've been playing that now for a year. Wow. Right? So imagine if we decided in another year's time, we're going to take those characters in that form after two years of playing them and put them online in the show rather than starting from the start. Right, where That's people what, aren't there from the beginning. Yeah, so they, they did an intro and they did a, a kind of a, an intro of what these characters are and who they are. And then they launched you into it. So it was a bit disjointed at the start to a degree. But second right. campaign, it's straight in at the, you know, the ground level. So you're kind of yep. getting a glimpse. It reminds me of um, back in the day, like when I used to be go- going around to my friend Andrew's house and there was eight of us playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, playing Turdette. And, um, you know, uh, uh, that's... Sponge it! It's an in-joke, lads. We drink every time Darren mentions yeah, Turdette. No, unfortunately, yeah. do it a lot. Um, but yeah, that's why I think I, I liked it. Um, I, I, and, uh, it's, and I just wanted to see what... Because I all I've got reference is what we do. And like, I just wanted to see what other people were doing just to kind of get it. And I was like, oh, cool. I, 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 we're I, checking I, out other streams. There's, there's plenty of other Irish shows that you can check out. Like there's the Homebrew Crowd. There's the Romancing the Dungeon, which is the podcast. It's just a pod, it's an audio podcast. Homebrew are on YouTube as well. And they have a, a show that they do live streaming directly onto YouTube. And then you can watch the videos afterwards. And they're uh, a bunch of nerds like ourselves. They sit around, have a few beers and, mm-hmm. and role play. Um, there's another show. And I may as well say it now. Um, I'm actually guesting on a show live on twitch even though after i've just said i don't fucking go on twitch i'm on i'm guessing on a show this friday 
called Make This Epic. It's a new Irish RPG show uh, run by a bunch of friends. They're only three episodes into their adventure and they've asked me to guest uh, on it. So an episode, the next episode I'll be guessing, which is this Friday. And I'll be Stunt playing. casting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they reached out to me there um, through... Um, through facebook uh the dm daryl reached out to me and said look would you would you like to come on the show as a guest really love to have you it's like oh no thank you really appreciate it and any chance to play so fuck it yeah so um i'm guesting on that show streaming live this friday on twitch this episode will be up before then so um this friday i think around eight o'clock half eight on twitch so make this epic i'll put a link very good um so i Link in the description. I'm playing a gnome artificer. Artif- I can never say that word properly. Artificer. Yeah. Um, a weapons designer, basically. Um, a gnome. He, and it turns out, I just created this character and sent it on to the DM. And he's like, oh, and it's a homebrew session. So they've made their own world. Um, so they didn't have gunpowder in this world. Now they do because my character has just invented it. Just invented it. Uh-oh. Nice. So that's that's what you're looking for. That's what you, if you want to tune in. This Friday, I'll be putting it on on social media as well myself and Very promoting good. it. So with us, check it out. Make this epic. You'll find them on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, so on and so forth. Wayne, can I do something that I used to do in our live shows, which was introduce a topic of conversation and uh, that I have no insight into, and then go to the bar while you talk about it. Sure. No, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you should talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon, Winter. You've no input on that. Have you not watched it? Have you not seen it? No, not yet. Oh, okay. It didn't, it, it okay. wasn't just screaming at me. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Definitely yeah. in for a treat. Yeah. I'll be yeah. right back. Okay. Well, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Darren, have you watched it all? I have. I, oh, definitely. There's no way I was going to let anyone um, spoil it. So, warning. Because um, there's loads yeah. of spoilers. I mean, it's the penultimate episode was last week. So, the last episode of the season is this Friday. Yeah. And um, it's it's been building and building and building. It's, I, I, I've loved it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I haven't, like a few people are kind of a bit thrown by it because it's so different to WandaVision. Um, because <laughs> even though it's a world of superheroes and super soldiers and stuff like that, there's a level of realism to it, to a degree, like more so than WandaVision. There's no magic. I feel like they're just, they're, they're, they're the equivalent of tie-in comics, which are great. You know, you'd be kind of like, yeah, if you want to know what Blah was doing while this was happening, read this. But sure. they're to the level of the movies, like you know, and it's it's been great. Wanda was Wanda Vision was dealing with like you know uh, Wanda after losing the Vision, and we got to see that. And then um, and then this is what's happening to to Bucky dealing with all the stuff he's dealing and becoming you know like not the Winter Soldier anymore. And Falcon after like being well been given the shield and the fact that he doesn't want it and dealing with that. And it's just it's you know like in a movie these would be dealt with like you know in about ten minutes, but that kind of you know, it, it goes into the uh, it goes into the TV show about like what that symbol uh, means to uh, America and to people, and what it means giving it to Falcon and what he had to deal with when he was offered it and all that, and 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 mm. it's just done so well. And they do Zemo finally. They give Zemo like we get to see the purple mask. Z- like, Zemo yeah. became Mimo for like like with his dancing, and it's like oh god, yeah. Jesus. And that's what I was thinking when he was dancing. That that's you. Yeah. But like it's it's it's. But you, as I said, you wouldn't get all this time to deal with these characters and in, in if it was a movie. And so I'm glad they're doing that. Like I'm looking forward to seeing. I, see, here's the thing about the Marvel universe: the way they've always handled it from the get-go. When it got was particularly, in particularly the Captain America part of it. For me, the Captain America films, including the first one, which I fucking love. 
Yeah. Um, because it is a romp, roaring adventure story set in the 40s. Um, I think the Captain America movies and that particular part of the Marvel Universe has been handled brilliantly. And through no small feat of, of having Chris Evans in the main role as Cap. Um, I think he's phenomenal as Steve Rogers and he, he, he will be synonymous with that role for forever. Um, he did it. He did it really, really well. Like it's, it's kind of, uh, um, there's a bit where, well, one thing about the TV show is you can see why Nemo was doing all the stuff he does is like, he fears super soldiers and what they can do. And I think had they given the serum to the majority, anybody else, we wouldn't have, we would have been seeing what we're seeing now. There was yeah. something in, in um, oh God, Captain America, Steve. Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. There was something in Steve Rogers. And uh, the fact that he was, you know, he, he wasn't the strongest and he wasn't, the, he was your, he was b- below average man, like very weak and whatnot. But that allowed him to, you know, he's, he, he got to see things from another perspective. And then he was, he was, he knew what he was given and he knew what to do with it. You know, whereas other yeah. people would have taken that for granted, for adv- advantage or used it for their own their own means and that's why i think he was a great captain america and that's why i loved like i can see why nemo doesn't want it out there and is, is doing what zemo stuff it, you know <laughs> i don't think nemo's uh, involved in this there's no there's no clownfish <laughs> <laughs> sorry you know it is darren i love i love the line in uh, there's some cracking lines in these anyway but screen rants pitch meetings where he's talking about captain america the first avenger and he says, so uh, he throws a grenade in the middle of the soldiers and uh, Steve Rogers throws himself onto it immediately. And he goes, okay, so does he get treated for depression? He's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, he was just about to kill himself in front of everybody. Like, does he get treated for this? No, he gets given the super treatment. And you're like, okay. I, I did like the way that was done. Yeah. Um, you can actually see that I saw recently there was a somebody did a kind of a screen cap of that scene from Captain America, a screen cap of Captain America. Um that screen you cap. also see in the background when the shot was actually zoomed out. Um Peggy is also running to throw herself on the grenade in the background. Oh yeah, she's actually moving I've towards I've seen that thing 28 so like, times and I yeah, never noticed so that. Everyone else scarpers. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones just stands there as Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. And then Steve throws himself on the grenade, but at the exact same time, Peggy moves towards the grenade as well. But like, wow. so um but it's yeah. it's like and it like the, as far as Falcon and Winter Soldier is concerned, the same way each Captain America film escalated the idea of Captain America, yeah, changed the idea of what he is and who this, the actual symbol yeah. is. And, and he got seven movies to do it, you know. Yeah. He got a lot of brain. Yeah. He did, but if you just look at the trilogy of Captain America films, which a lot of people think are the cream of the crop, particularly Winter yeah. Soldier. Yeah, like me too. You, you get the Winter Soldier, and Winter Soldier like is just it's so good. It's it outborns Jason Bourne. It's so like the way it's put together, the way Chris Evans leads that film, and you yeah. have the intertwine and the introduction of Sam and how Black Widow yeah. was given a bit of a redemption arc. Um, ever so slightly when she kind of latches on to Steve and becomes his friend um, yeah. it's it's just that journey mm-hmm. and yeah. then with, with Civil War then it's the principles of Cap versus the print, the kind of the overreaching arm of what America becomes and that continues yeah. with the Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they start to pick apart particularly now, particularly now with the way America is, the, the yeah. structure of the story and what they, what they write about and talk about in Falcon and Winter Soldier is so topical 
and mm-hmm. so on the nose. Oh, that's great. And they introduced, like, they introduced Isaiah, um, uh, the very first Captain America, the black Captain America, which I did. I was so surprised they did that. I was like, whoa, they're actually going there. Uh, where they bring that character in, they show the shit that he went through and they kind of tell his story and they challenge Sam with the idea of a black man being Captain America in the America that we now have. And the whole thing of like saying, you know, the whole of like the, the meme, that so many memes about this particular series, but the one of like what America thinks it is and you see Steve Rogers and then what America yeah. actually is and you see the, the, the John. Lovely, uh, yeah. You know, so you see the, the, those two different Captain Americas and it's like, yeah yeah that's exact this is the point of it that's what it is like he's like yeah this enforcer rather than uh, some form of symbol that stands up for everything that the american dream technically is yeah a bright shining light no matter what's going on yeah and never lose sight of itself yeah Yeah. and that's like the that's what the and this is how and this is how genius they've handled captain america in the modern age that the idea of 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 that symbol when they said we're going to make a captain america film it's like people are gonna like, how are you gonna how how is this gonna be approached? People aren't gonna Yeah, it's gonna be a bit hokey, you know, bit corny. We're not, we're not gonna take this very seriously. Like it's gonna be looking at America going, Yay, look at us. But it wasn't. It was America taking a magnifying glass and going, Yeah, look at us. Yeah. And that's what yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier has continued to be mm-hmm. and struggled with. And it does a there's a great scene in the last episode that aired where Sam 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 has gone to Isaiah to, to kind of find out exactly what the story is with why. He is the way he is, and why? Like he, the, the, he tells the story of like how they had sent him to prison for thirty years because he did the exact same thing that Steve did. Steve went against orders, went behind enemy lines, and freed his fellow soldiers, and right. got applauded for it. And Isaiah did the exact same thing. He disobeyed orders, went behind enemy right. lines, and rescued his fellow soldiers, and he got put in prison for it. Yeah, it sounds those, right. Those two contrasts. Yeah, Sam having to sit there and go. Well, what the fuck? And he says, like, says, as a black man, you should not pick up that shield because you know what it stands for. And and he then regain like it, it's kind of like the shorthand. You get a scene, then it cuts later, and they're him and Bucky are throwing the shield around in the back garden, like a frisbee. <laughs> and and then Bucky turns and says, Look, man, I need a perspective. I didn't even think that that's what it would be like as as you picking up the shield. It's so different to me doing it or Steve. And I understand. Yeah. And it's is that it took that long for them to get to that point because it's not it's not a it, like it's a buddy cop story, but it's not. Yeah. It's like, the embedded terrorist has a better image than the uh, upright yeah. soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Exactly, I'll yeah. tell you what, Marvel. I'll tell you what. If anything has the capability of changing minds in large numbers at the moment, um, it should be local politics, but it's probably going to be Marvel. Crazy. Uh, the Marvel division of Disney, and you know we're here for it. You know, incremental change will will take it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they've they did the magic with the whole one division, which was phenomenal. And oh my god, like, the, the the whole main cast of that show deserved every deserve every accolade. If they're ever going to get me, they deserve it. Yeah, like you know, um, but um, I I always liked Paul Bettany as an actor, but after seeing him yeah. as the Vision in that show, he was brilliant. He was so good. Everyone was like, you know. I never gave. I never gave. Um, I never gave Elizabeth Olsen her credit until, until I really didn't. Uh, I didn't realize I, how I, much. I have to say, I don't think anyone did. To be perfectly honest yeah. with you, but I think when you have that that legacy of that name attached to your acting career, it's tough to get out of. 
Wasn't no? she in Marcy May, Marlene, Mer, um, Mary? Uh, Marcy May, Marlene. But anyway, the people who saw that know that she can act. But uh, yeah. Um, what She did a film. She did a film with Jeremy Renner about a murdered um, Native American. I want to say it was called Deep River or Cold River or something. It was out a right. couple of years ago. Yeah, that rings a bell. Phenomenal movie. She plays an FBI agent that goes to a, it's kind of like a Fargo-esque kind of part right. of America, but it's yeah. where Native, Native Americans live. And it's basically based on the statistic that Native American murders are never, or statistics of Native American murders are not reported or reported. kept on no. figure. And that's the whole premise of the story of this film. Phenomenal yeah. movie. Highly recommend you check it out. She is in it. Jeremy Renner's in it. Um, it's one of those films that they made around the time of when everyone was making these Marvel movies and these actors got to kind of do other films that were yeah. smaller. Um, yeah. But it's just, check it out. It's really, really good. Um, and, it, and again, she shows her acting chops in that. Um, I think these movies are going to get more and more re- more recognition the further we get away from the Marvel stuff. If, if, if there's ever a day where that isn't dominating cinema screens. Yeah, the only person who's consistently fucking it up, because Chris Hemsworth was doing... Um, yeah, a few um, Ron Howard joints and um, and uh, the only person who's been consistently bombing is Robert Downey Jr. He's just doing absolute turds, but everyone else is working so hard. And the movement to post um, um, uh, the movement to put Chris uh, uh, Chris Evans in an Aaron jumper, you know, I'm glad it finally got traction. We are here today, and I want to salute everyone who campaigned and fought hard. Oh my god, we got there! What did you think of Nizev? Did you like that movie a lot? I now you know me and accents, so Daniel Daniel Craig was killing me. Everything else I loved. I thought there was going to be like the twist happens in the first fifteen minutes, and then you're like, oh, oh, is there another one? No. Okay. Because yeah, it's an Ameri- it's an American murder mystery, so of course they have to tell the audience what's going to happen. Yeah, like, but I I like that it's shot. It's shot. It was really silly, and I really liked it. Ryan but Johnson you know, can shoot a you film. You know how much fucking Poirot I've watched. You and know Columbo. how much Colombo I've Columbo. watched. Like he, so I was I, a I was a mark for that yeah, one. No, I I love that shit as well. And my yeah. problem with it was straight out the gate was it was a an interesting movie, and it was a shit yeah. episode of Columbo. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, it was. Really it, was right. a, it was a shit episode of Columbo because Daniel Craig. Apparently, Daniel Craig is going to play more characters in the next movie. They're gonna, they're gonna fucking Peter Sellers the shit out of this. It's gonna, it's gonna okay. Be, it's gonna, well, it's gonna, I, it's gonna I'm be like, it. it's gonna be like Alec Guinness and the fucking what was it, the the Lavender Hill Mob um, type of thing. That's what it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be. It's gonna turn into Craig Daniel Craig's version of that. It's it's he's gonna be playing like he's playing the brother of the character that he played in the first one. And, oh. No. Yeah, and he's the bad guy. He's what evil. So he's like the evil brother. Like they're getting into as days of our lives. As long as he's from a different place, as long as they were separated at birth, and he's not going to be from Louisiana, from the Bayou again, More that would likely. be great. Yeah, as long as just, um, evil twin yeah. make him the bad guy, then that'd be all right. Well, that like, it's I don't even know if he's going to be the main bad guy of because that's that's I mean that's telegraphing casting right there of yeah. what your story is going to be, but. I, I thought it was fine. It I mean, was a grand wee film. Yeah. I it had a it beginning fine. and a middle and an end. And you can't say that for a lot of... I, I'm having a problem at the moment because there seems to be massive ambition as regards the concept. But like... Uh, 
what am I? They're, they're not prioritizing just a meaty story. Just sure. like a film begins and then things happen and then it ends. Like every film that people talk about that they're deeply passionate about, they can tell you what happens at the beginning, you tell you what happens in the middle, and you tell you what happens at the end. The three act structure. I don't know what is going on. Oh, I sound like such an old fart. But like, <laughs> people are trying things. People are really trying things. Like, you know, Jupiter Ascending came out. Like people are, things are trying to happen. <laughs> Look, I'm a Wachowski's but, mark with the best of them. Yeah. Come but, on. Like, just in general, like what happens at the beginning? What happens in the middle? And how does it end? Can you just, can you? Can you just mm. do, then do the rest? But I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like. Uh, I think it's all Christopher Nolan's fault. It's all Christopher it's Nolan's Christopher fault. It's Christopher Nolan's fault. Of course it is. Christopher Nolan all yeah, along. Yeah, and I'm going to have, if, if Mooney and the lads are listening to this, they're just gonna, they've just turned off because I batter, ba I give, well, like, out, a, I give we, out enough about Christopher Nolan to them. So, you know. But we, the reason we give out about him is because we love him. Because we know what he does really well. And he just needs, he needs yeah, Hitchcock's wife. He needs George Lucas's wife. He needs someone in his ear just going, now, hold on a minute. How many women are in this? And um, and sorry, what does she do? Yeah. And okay, so why does that happen, though, that bit? So, yeah, I'm with you here. Why does this bit happen? It's that, it's that one oh, yeah. scene. I think an actor did that on YouTube recently where he just said that one scene in the Christopher Nolan film where people... Listen. Michael Spicer did it so good! Yeah, but... And again, I think I've done this so many times. I don't want to sound like a broken record at this point. No, but no. It just—it's a case of Christopher Nolan. Just he has—he's like the, He's Quint, Quentin Tarantino does the same thing. He has a library of films that he's watched in his head, and he has taken parts of them and put them on the screen. And like you said, marginalized certain genders or certain races or whatever. Yeah, I didn't mean to start. I didn't mean to start out there. You've wound me up and you've just set me going. (laughs) Sorry. But one thing I will say is we have a friend who's a director. And I wouldn't mind having an informal Nolan chat. And I don't I I think I'd very definitely be uh, uh, the the color commentator on that. But I would be interested. Who are we talking about? You see. You see, I'm purely a consumer. You're a creative, but JT is a ah. director. He's an actual director. Funny you should and say that. And he's a and he's a and he's a Nolan fan. And and yeah. he talk about winding someone up and letting them go. I wouldn't mind having an old chat about so that. So here's the thing: I was speaking to Jamie yeah. there two days ago. Right. Jamie has agreed to <gasps> come on the show with Colin Griffin, another fellow oh, animator and director. Right. And talk about animation and film production <gasps> and all sorts. We're going to do a special episode that we're still trying to work out the timeline and when it's going to happen and who's going to be on the episode and whether it's going to be like all of us together, five people on a Zoom call. I or, don't know. I don't know about that. Or, and, and I, for a start, I, for a start, I love the podcast and uh, I would derail it, I think. No, <laughs> not necessarily. Well, I'd be sitting here going, <laughs> well, look, well, like I normally Darryl, do, we need me. that too. <laughs> well, that's, look, what, well, that's what I should be doing. Or, or in be that company. Like well, look, Sherlock, Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock. Sure, listen. Um, 
it's I think oh, I've talked I'll talk to Jamie and talk to Colin. We've agreed that they, they want to do it and we're gonna see if there's anyone else in the film industry want to get in, but oh, we're, gonna do a, excellent. we're gonna do a special episode in the next couple of weeks, a podcast where we talk about animation production because that's I've roots in that as well. Um yeah. well, from way back when. Mm-hmm. Um it's been a long time since I've worked in animation, but I kind of remember how it works. Um <laughs> but I have a funny feeling when me and Jamie start talking about movies the Nolan conversation is going to come up and he's going to give out to me for being a Nolan hater. I'm not but, a hater, you know. Both of you, no, both of you, both of you, um, it's it's informative. Like, we have strongly, I've strongly disagreed with you about things in the past, but I've definitely, you and me have definitely strongly disagreed with Jamie in the past and yet, yes. it's been a very good conversation. I enjoyed it. And the worst thing is, the annoying thing is, is six months later when you think of something he said and you realize he was right. So irritating. <laughs> that hasn't happened to me yet. <laughs> it happened. Uh, I think I'm too, uh, maybe I'm just too, uh, um, I'm too much of an equivocator and I'm just like, oh, maybe I, he's I, right I do remember uh, there was a podcast Christmas special where you two talked about like a Star Wars movie. I do like that that's how Kim's face is frozen. So once we have more information on the animation special and the, the, just general, yeah, that, that particular thing that we're doing with Jamie and Colm and whoever else yeah. may be involved, uh, I will put it up on social media and make more people aware of it. Um, and we can get the word out for that. In the meantime, and just to kind of, so while we are doing we're obviously doing our Dungeons and Dragons thing so just to let people know what yeah. like what the situation is with that we haven't been yeah. recording because um Ryan and Naomi had to move to a different country and yes. we are waiting for them to get settled and get all put down so we're gonna get ourselves sorted and get back online but we have a, a date of around May the 2nd that we're gonna record the next episode so that is coming I've been getting a few messages asking about where it is and yes, oh, that's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was a there, yeah. I mean, look, look. There, I will say this. I want to say thanks to uh, the huge boost that the Irish uh, role playing uh, community that have given us over the last while on Twitter in particular. Um, there was this this large push for kind of like <clears throat> groups that are doing Irish streams, and a lot of people very gratefully they you know they mentioned themselves. And uh, I was talking to, to uh, Daryl today from Make This Epic, and he talked about the fact that he said, oh, everyone knows who you guys are. When I mentioned to the, to the group that you were coming on, everyone was like, oh, my God, deadly. We love the Irish podcast. So that was a nice buzz to get. So we really appreciate that. Any support that anyone's given us over the last while, because uh, it makes it all worthwhile for us. To do. We're doing it for fun. It's fun, but it's, it's yes. nice to know people are watching, because yeah. I've started watching. I can't watch myself. But I've seen how much joy watching other people play Dungeons and Dragons yeah. can be. So I'm hoping that people are enjoying watching us play Dungeons and Dragons. And it might inspire people that the best thing is when you hear that someone does like, you know, just, you know, heard about Dungeons and Dragons, went and, you know, watched stuff and is now doing it because oh, especially now it's it's the one thing that I hope a lot of people are, are able to do if, you know, because um, you can't get out there, but at least through Dungeons and Dragons, you can. Any, I mean, it's, it's not even just D&D. Like, there's so many different RPGs you get there. You can do this Call Cthulhu. There's um, um, Dark Blade. There's Pathfinder. There's a fucking metric. Fuck one. There's your own homebrew stuff you can do with GURPS, which is like a dice rolling system that you can find online information about. That's all free. Wayne, pen and you, paper stuff. So, Could you explain something to me? Sure. What is Roll20? Roll20 is a website that facilitates 
multiple platforms for role playing. So it's got a, a built in um, system where you can present and show maps, um, the group chat system, uh, audio chat, video chat. You can do dice rolls within the application. Ah. So it's free to sign up to and it's been around for donkeys. A lot of people use it. Yeah. I recently played um, uh, a friend of mine, Adam Kelly, ran an Aliens RPG game with myself, Mooney, and Jamie. Um, not too long ago, we did about, I think it was three or four sessions uh, for it, and we ran it through Roll20. That was the last time I used it. I hadn't used it in a very long time. And uh, it's getting revamped because for a while there, it had an, an iPad app that was just garbage. It didn't work. But now it's getting, as far as right. I think, it's getting revamped. And they're redoing it because because this type of stuff has become so popular over, over the last year, two years. Uh, loads more people are getting involved in it and getting into it and doing it like as a kind of a social outlet like this like us talking online on zoom or yeah. having the audio like doing the podcast this way it's there's been that kind of a people latching on even like yes escapism but it's become a huge huge thing and it's it's this the popularity of role playing uh be it online or when we could in person has gone through the roof again it's it's reminded yeah. me very much so when i was younger and when i was like 17 or 18 around that age group when it was a large group was playing these different games mainly the, at the time it was the star wars role-playing game and vampire the masquerade uh, and werewolf was what we played and uh, they're fun games to get into as well like if you like the horror aspect yeah. call of cthulhu is another good horror one. there's so many out there and you can yeah. and you know what the great thing about it is is that if you're in a, an area that has a local brick and mortar store that is selling these games online um, support them like Dublin City Comics can do stuff to order there's also Gamers World in Dublin if you're in Dublin um, there's ones in Waterford as well there's Dungeons and Donuts in Galway We Roll Games in Navin we which roll is near my local there you go so I mean like there are a metric fuck ton of these locals if you're not in Ireland if you're in the UK if you're in America I guarantee there is a local board game store or gaming store or comic book store that does gaming that would like your support through all of this because small businesses are being hurt and this has been a boost for a lot of them uh, i ordered a lot of my stuff through dublin city comics and i've gotten a fair bit of stuff i got i got three other non dnd games throughout lockdown that i plan to play eventually from gamers world i got one called tales from the loop um, which is there's a swedish oh. artist that does a lot of art books and stuff like that and they made an amazon tv series based on his art books and the kind of the stories involved in them. And they've made this RPG game out of it as well. It's set in the 80s. It's a kind of a, a, an alternate reality 80s where technology is kind of kooky and steam, not steampunky, but futuristic, but in the 80s type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, right, yeah. And it's it's really fun. And you play a bunch of teenagers trying to solve a mystery in a town. It's like, it's the, it's the Goonies meets Robotech type of stuff. Like, you know, um, it's cool. Like, you know, there's those type of games. Um, and there's like board gaming as well like Irene has gotten into we're having a board gaming night I think in the next week or so and I've I've been stealthily introducing her to, to board games that she would never have played in her life <laughs> yeah um, things know? have changed mm. so, I'd have to tell myself I'd have to lads I'm up to 900 hours in Animal Crossing wow 900 hours that's I, I checked out an hour and a half out. a day for a year yeah because it's a job like it's a job, yeah. but uh, to, to me, I've managed to keep the, the love of it. But anyway, um, we had a, I'd have to tell myself, no, you're not going in there to turn the switch on. You're going to play Game of Thrones, Cluedo with Brozzy, and you're going to win again. again. Well, games are better. Uh, they're more better. Yeah. Well, some people would differ, but I, I, I miss that. That's why like I have a bunch of 
bunch of guys I play board games with, but we haven't, we haven't really, it's funny, we, we talk through Messenger, but we haven't yeah. talked in person for ages because we're board games. And some of them don't have, well, I don't have a decent PC, so I can't play um, the board games online. Well, do uh, Tabletop Simulator runs on a calculator? Um, but yeah, other guys don't have an actual um, PC. Oh, okay. Um, which was which was a, right. a, a like a shame. So we've just been chatting on Messenger, but a couple of like I I used to DM when I was in my twenties, early teens. Sorry, no, from you know, from around seventeen to around 22, 23. But as I said, I haven't haven't done it. But we were we were having a, a lovely chat, the, a, a couple of us, like a a few weeks ago, and you guys were talking about Dungeons and Dragons and DMing. And um, that kind of sparked an interest in me because up until then I hadn't wanted to do D and D. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but uh, then one of the other lads was he was planning on doing the Expanse because they love that TV show. Phenomenal. And I jokingly said, but unfortunately he doesn't know how to DM at all. And I jokingly said, well, if you don't hurry up and do one, I'll just DM D and D. I'll do it. And then all the lads just went, all right. So because like one of them's down the ah! he is a family. And one of them lives over in uh, Stephanie lives over in Iceland. So we hadn't, I was just like, uh, okay. And I was nervous as fuck, but thanks to the backup of, of, of you guys, I said, I'd do it. And I, I can see why, well, I don't know if I've been able to do four games like Wayne has, but like, I can see the enjoyment of, of doing one. Like, like it, it definitely stops you playing computer games. I don't play computer yeah. games because I'm sitting. Well, no, I don't want to do computer games. I want to sit there and I want to draw little crappy maps and I want to, like, you know, do research and I want to come up with ideas. I briefly, like, just I, I, I threw in a line uh, into one of the games called The Sisters of Fae. They were just one of the bad guys that didn't show up to, to this event because the party was going in. And they went from one yeah. line to, just in case the lads are watching this, I won't say, have become this big, big thing that's going to it's going to hit them but again it's all because of chats with you guys like you know um and it, well lads if people like if people like the podcast but they don't like our role-playing content and they're shit out of luck for the last half an hour <laughs> <laughs> we are not Can I just, by anything uh dungeons and dragons related here's something here's something that i have to say because if we know one thing about me on the podcast it's I have literally four references that I just make over and over and over again. And lads, when I'm talking about bad special effects, what do I reference every time? I think it's a good sign if you don't know, but every single time I describe them as Quidditch special effects or it looks oh, like okay. Quidditch or whatever, right? Yes. I've been beastly about the films the harry potter films and everyone everyone i talk to i feel like i have to make an official fucking apology because for the last 10 15 years anyone who tried to talk to me about those films was met with someone going hey, kids can't act those are stupid and the critics look stupid and i thought the books were decent the world was good and the films were shite and what's happened in this house is we've read up to uh, the Goblet of Fire, but I don't think we're ready for child murder just yet. So we're holding off. And um, ITV2 were showing all the films, Bank Holiday Weekend. They're showing all the films all week. And, and I said to Patrick, do you want to watch, do you want to watch Harry Potter films? And he goes, and he actually kind of went, I don't think so. Like, I'm afraid. And I went, well, 
if you don't want to do something, I never make you do it. But I just want to tell you something. Number one, you already know what happens in every single one. So you won't be worried if anybody, if this is going to be really bad, because you know how it ends. You know how all the books end. And two, I reckon every person in your school has seen these films. And I said, I think if they go to talk about it one day, you might feel a bit left out. Yeah. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, you're all right. So we watched the films. The kids are grand. The effects are grand. Neville, Neville being hung on the spike in the first film does look a bit ropey, but everything else is perfect. The practical effects. I want to personally apologize to the prop masters, to the <laughs> set builders. Right. Uh, this is a personal, <laughs> absolute mea culpa to Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Rupert Grint, and uh, Emma Watson. And a giant fuck you to Joanne Rowling, uh, turf extraordinaire, because her characters in the books are pretty 2D, and there's a lot of internalized misogyny. So she can fuck herself, and the films oh, yeah. are grand. No, so I was 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was 100% wrong for how many years now? 20? Like Arvin said, Arvin is the biggest, the biggest Harry Potter mark that I know. Like, like yeah. if she was to be in, she, oh, she, oh, we've been new. Yeah, like we've you know, new, yeah. you know. So she herself has said, "Look, I'm giving no more money to that woman." Um, like we've been to the Harry no, Potter. No, she can fuck off. Yeah, she's yeah. Like, we've been to the Harry Potter studio like three times at this stage, and the last yeah. time we went was phenomenal. Like we had a blast. Like the the universe to play around in is loads of fun. But Amazing. I think she is just a garbage individual. Um, yeah. She keeps I, being given a chance to not be a giant steaming pile of shit. And she keeps turning it down. Yeah. So, you know, like, because right. she still has legions of fans online that are that either are not aware of that side of whatever she does or are yeah. choosing to ignore it. And I think including one of my favorite comedy writers. So thanks for that dinner. The fuck is he oh, at? That guy fucking that yeah. jockey. Anyway. Yeah, again, it's, yeah. so it, it comes back to the whole idea of separating a fucking scumbag from their art. When their art yeah. but I mean Glitter's comedy, when you rewatch a lot of it, there is some problematic shit in there. Yes. And you Arthur know. Matthews was great at balancing him out. And when you see Toast of London, you're like, oh, this is the stuff I liked in Father Ted. Yeah. <laughs> this absolute nonsense yeah. is what I liked in Father Ted. So, yeah, you do see it. You do see it. And it's unfortunate. And people are like, uh, people are going, oh, you can get cancelled over anything. No. No, you can, they can try. And on Twitter, people, oh, I was so disappointed to find out that. Okay, so I'm not on Twitter. I have a Twitter account. And every year, the night of the Late Late Toy Show, I follow Jerry McBride. That's what I do. That's what my Twitter account is for. I watch what Jerry and Waterford Whispers News are tweeting about the Late Late Toy Show. That's sure. what I do. Sure. And um, so then- I'm gonna uh, put Kim's Twitter handle below here, I so. Yeah. <laughs> I was tagged in a few podcast things. I'm like, oh, I might actually start using this. And then in the last, I, I try in, uh, no, in the last couple of weeks, um, Lindsay Ellis, one of my favorite film essayists on YouTube, uh, they tried to cancel her over very similar things. About the Raya stuff, is it? So. Yeah, she said uh, Raya seems derivative of Avatar as a lot of YA novels are. You know, tweets are short and concise. 
And what she got is rampaging white people telling her to listen to POC voices. Yeah. And then a lot of Asian people going, we don't give a fuck. There was like, yeah. you know, two it's, two art directors were were Southeast Asian and everyone else was wasn't. So and and but they started pulling up everything from her past, which is fine. Was stuff that was weird uh, in different ways or whatever. But the one thing is like like any woman on the internet, you've got the Gamergate lads that are trying to get rid of you all the time. But at least they're just telling you to kill yourself. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not chiming in. They're not white people chiming in, telling you to listen to people of color. <laughs> like, what like, happens, um, like I know I know Scarjo gets a lot of shit for that, for like the getting cast yeah. in, in roles. Like, and it happened a lot around yeah. the Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah. And I remember yeah, watching this interview with a Japanese audience after coming out of watching Ghost in the Shell, the Scarlett Johansson movie. Yeah. And they were like, Yeah, it was grand. And they were like, but people <laughs> people in the West. Yeah. complaining about the fact that Scarlett Johansson is being cast in this film and they are kind of looking at each other like yeah she's a and fucking like, she's, a, she's a robot yeah in the movie like what, yeah. what's their what's their problem oh they're saying that their your culture has been stolen and they're kind of looking at each yeah. other and if you know anything about Japanese culture everything after the death of the, the samurai everything after the war oh, like yeah you look at that particular yeah segment in Japanese culture everything after the war yeah. is everyone else's culture they literally yes. just took everything and went we'll have that rebuilding rebuilding themselves yeah. through kind so, of new images whatever yeah and I know yeah. I'm, I'm a straight I, white guy on the internet talking about this type of shit but yeah huge, as am I as I've pointed out you won't find a bigger or wider guy than me <laughs> I, but, I, I, I find it really hard to swallow when some fucking weeaboo white guy with a blog, uh, you know, that has been going on and on years about his, his different fucking fantasies about Ray from Evangelion. I, I, it's like, look, yeah, I get it. ScarJo has been cast in this movie it, that predominantly yeah. was an Asian character and is called Major Kusanagi in every other iteration. But in every other iteration yeah. of the story, it was produced in Japan. This was co-produced in America, yes. in Japan. With the and creators. the unfortunate thing is you need stars these days Star and unfortunately quality. there's not enough fucking uh poc stars we're getting there we're getting there we but if there. you need someone to sell your movie the, the financiers are saying you need someone that's gonna get people in here on the first day no yeah. matter what your what your story is but i think what we're talking about like people like joanne getting cancelled uh if it doesn't stay on twitter because the crimes are too bad so it gets out everyone finds out about what a garbage person they are yeah. but the mini twitter cancellations are going on all the time but they don't take because there isn't enough there or whatever or you know sometimes there's no incentive for them to take but they don't leave twitter so yeah. it's just a whirlwind going around twitter all the time and i'm like i don't know if i'm going to be able for that so i don't well, know that i was last last week i was like maybe i should start using my twitter well, here's the, the thing, folks. I'm like, like yeah, I think you both should because or get into get into try and giving it a go because I've recently right. started to kind of for the longest time I dip in and out of Twitter for what it is and I didn't really understand yeah. how to use it and I think I figured it out. One thing I did. Now yeah. you guys don't have this worry because you don't use Twitter a lot, but my follow list, people I was following, was fucking huge. Yeah. Like it was massive. Yes, filled of course, with, of course. Filled with there's a lot of clever, funny people on there. Well, a lot of it was garbage. A lot of it was like movie accounts of films that came out 10 years ago and haven't tweeted oh, right. in 10 years. So, but it's all about 
it's all about analytics and it's all about kind of the numbers and stuff. So I cleared out yeah. over, over 2000 accounts from my follower list. Oh my God. Over the space, over the space of a month, I went systematically went through it and cleared it out. And then I started to kind of just use it for certain things, artwork, right. comic books and RPG stuff. And that's it. Yeah. And then the algorithms kick in and the right people that you want to see and the right people that you want to see you start seeing your yeah. shit and people start seeing you liking your stuff retweeting it all that type of stuff right and the interaction the proper interaction happens you can cater your audience and you can cater who you're talking to on every piece of social media it's like yeah. i know everyone talks about an echo chamber but twitter your lot of stuff slips through the cracks you get people that are like you think oh there's a really nice concept artist that i really admire and i want to look at their stuff and I would like, and they have it in their Twitter handle that this is what they do. And you go on there right. and all they're doing is tweeting about like charities and tweeting about, um, you know, social injustices. And it's very little to do with art. And if you're not following right. them for any of that stuff and you're not seeing what you want to follow them, you just don't follow them. And that's it. It's done. Like, you know, you're not right. taking away from what they're doing. They're doing what they're doing. But if you're following yeah. them thinking, you know what, I'm going to follow these guys because I really, really like their art. And that's not what they're posting. And you just go, well, I'll see you later. And it's, you know, right. similar four things. So. You do have to, it took me a long time to wrap my head about what Twitter is. And The only thing is, sections. Twitter Twitter is now as big as it's going to get. Nobody's joining Twitter now, apart from me and Darren, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, like, but that's it's, where it really starts to take off. Back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so this is the new dawning of Twitter. Gotcha. It's, okay. like, new, it's nope. like new Coke. Yeah, no pressure, Darren. We're going to save the whole thing. Mm. We're going to save them from themselves. But, uh, well, he's no. already got, he's got Insta, so he's like way ahead of me. Dar Dar See, Darren's got all of his Warhammer paintings up on Instagram. And people, if people like Warhammer paintings, should be following Darren um, because it's good shit. Um, I haven't done much in a while, but I'm, I'm, I've been building terrain. So that takes time. It, but, does. Uh, it does. I'm happy with, I, I, I'm happy because anyone that is liking me and, and following me is, it's, I've got a small group. And I mean, small, but I know that they're, they're like they're it's it's surprising devotees they're there for you darren they're there yes, for you cool. and what you're doing it's, it's to get that to get that army painted to get mm. you know it's that little bit more of you can do it you know so i like you it. can do it yeah but look i mean folks we've we, we've waffled on so much about so many different <laughs> things tonight it's us? it's, it's us. never god but, uh, reputation? It's, it's been that type of a podcast and we're getting back to it and we will um long may we continue to do this and long may we eventually get to the point Indeed. where we're sitting in a pub and we're doing this properly and there's there's ambient noise and there's clinking of glasses and uh we don't have to worry about is your microphone you're stuttering oh i can't i can't hear you you know that's you know we'll, <laughs> yeah we'll all be crowded around an iphone once more as we record um but for now this has been podcast i've been wayne I've been Kim. Good night, Darren. Darren. I, I said it, but I interrupted Kim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give us another one. I've been Darren. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, folks, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, The Works, Fluffy, The Works. Please. Um, we are. Uh, all of our information will be below in the link if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on all where the podcasts live and um, you'll find us on Twitter at the Irish Pubcast uh, and you just type in the Irish Pubcast into any social media and you'll find us on YouTube it's Irish Pubcast and you know, that's where you'll find our Dungeons and Dragons uh, malarkey as well um, and until the next time folks stay safe, look after each other and uh, cheers and everyone drinks when Darren says to her dead
We're dead. Yes. Yay! And we're all better for it.